people that are stuck in a career, they want to transfer to something else. Often, like I said, there is transferable skills, but there's going to be a learning curve. If you're not ready to put the work to gain the knowledge, it's not going to work out for you. To le learn a new skills, it requires 20 hours of serious work, which is actually not that a lot. You could gain the skill set that you need to be a good candidate for a new position. Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey, or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. We going Welcome to the Young and Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Grant, and I am so grateful to have Sylvie Desjardins with me today. Um, as always, if you're listening to this, I don't ask for likes, comments, subscribes, or anything like that. All I ask is that if you benefit from this conversation, um, send it to one person. If there's one person that you think needs to hear this and needs to hear about Sylvie's story and about her experience and what she does, uh, send it to that person because uh, that would really value them. And I, I, I make this for you and that person. I don't make this for a ton of people. I just want people to get value from it. So please, if you do nothing else, just send it to one person, that's all I ask. Um, Sylvie, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate you, you uh, <laughs> spending your morning with me. My pleasure, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I, I wanna give some context of, as to what I'd wanna kinda dive into for today. Um, a lot of what I try to do for, for my listeners is help people that are entrepreneurial dri entrepreneurially driven, but are in that almost like entrepreneur state. Um, and I, I, wanna, I wanna showcase different types of business owners, different types of founders, uh, and different, different businesses in general, and, and kind of detail ways that you got from point A to point B, mm. and things you overcame in that process, so that that can kind of give that person that's wanting to start that side hustle or wanting to start that thing or maybe has experience similar to you and is is saying oh man i, I can actually do this i want to kind of give them that encouragement to, to kind of take some action so um at, i want to get some broad things and learn more about you as a person and learn more about um your personality and what like the almost the you know the macro perspective and then i i just i would also love to get some just like a tiny bit of tactical just so we can help people so that's a lot of what my questions are going to be around does that sound good Absolutely. Let's cool. dive in. Awesome. So tell, tell the audience, tell me what you do. What is, what is your business um, and how long have you been doing it? So I'm a career counselor and I've been helping high achievers uh, figure out what they want to do with their career, uh, even in their 40s. I've been doing it for 13 years now, but as a business owner with Next Career, uh, since 2017, or no, that's untrue. I started in to, uh, 2015, but okay. doing it full time in 2017. Gotcha. So the gotcha. first two years, it was a side hustle. Um, but then I, I took that leap of fate and uh, left my full time position to, to do this uh, full time and be able to help more people. Love it. So what were you doing in your full time position? Like before uh, you took that leap? Yeah, I did a lot. I, I was always looking for that like stable, uh, stable job. I work for the government. I work for a college. I work for uh, a university. I'm uh, in Moncton, New Brunswick, 
And uh, so it was always like contractual work, not necessarily related to my field of expertise. And uh, I was just job hopping because I felt bored after a year or two. I always felt like something was missing in my job. Uh, so when I started my business, the, the crazy part is that it was I was actually working as a rentalsman for the government. So like writing reports, like legal files on who's responsible for a hole in a wall. In a wall. So not really purposeful work. And uh, one day, one of my colleagues, she was like, oh, my daughter does not have a clue what she wants to do when she graduates. So, uh, and I just said, you know what? How about I just go to your home tomorrow uh, and uh, I'm gonna go help her. That's what I did and it really went well. Uh, it was so uh, good for me to just get back to my roots and what I've known and uh, because I have a master's degree in career counseling. So just to get back in that uh, was really, uh, it felt purposeful. And uh, then this colleague, uh, she referred me to a cousin and then a neighbor. So I, I like quickly saw that there was something there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I started maybe thinking a little bit more seriously about what about just starting a side hustle? I'm just going to create a little website on Wix and advertise what I do. But mostly my first clients were people that I knew. That's awesome. I mean, that's a great way to get started. So what, I'm, so you, you're helping to bridge the gap between someone and what they're currently doing, what they want to do. What's a consistent theme? Because I think, especially now, there's a lot of people that are probably discontent with their, their career. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are discontent in their work. Um, What's your process for almost like discovering whether that person's like an ideal client for you um, mm, to, to figure out like question. whether they're, they're like wanting to work with someone like you to figure out the next step? Yeah. So the example that I just shared was someone who was a high school student, but uh, most of our clients, uh, I would say 70% of our clients are adults in their 40s who are like, you know what, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. And I have 20 uh, years left in my career yeah. and it's just not working for me. Um, what we do often, and I, have you ever heard about the concept Ikigai? No. So it's something that I actually use a lot in, uh, in my process where when you're connected to your Ikigai, it's when you find something that, is, um, that you're good at that you are interested in because sometimes you can be good at something. Does it mean that you're interested in yeah. uh, then that uh, provides you the lifestyle that you want and that the world needs it? Because let's say that you want to do something, but it's, it's not uh, something that is really popular that the world does not necessarily need it. You're not going to be able to make a living out of it. So when yeah. you use those three, uh, four components and you merge them together, whatever comes up, that's the right job for you. That's the right career. Um, yeah. So all through the process that we do with our clients, it's really figuring, uh, figuring out all of those factors so that when they come up with the right career, uh, not only they're going to be good at it, uh, they're going to be interested in, and it, it's going to match the lifestyle that they want. So if they want to work remotely, it's going to merge with that. Um, if they want to have a stable job at nine to five, it's going to also align with that. So depending on the key factors that you have, we make sure that it's all aligned. What's the difference between you guys and like a recruiter, for example? 
Uh, um, the, the most important question is that the most important part is that a recruiter really uh, try to put you in a hole or like uh, you're supposed to be the piece of a puzzle for a company. So they focus mm. on the company. So they yeah. try to, to not fix you, but put you in that in that hole where it's going to align better with the company. So they don't necessarily take into account your interest or if it's going to match the lifestyle that you want or if, if you uh, see it as purposeful work. For us, yeah. the way we do our work is working with the individual. And uh, actually, since the pandemic, we've been offering services to companies because we knew why people are were not content in their work. So we've been sharing that information with companies. So when we actually do kind of recruiting, for us, it takes a bit more time because it needs to be a perfect match between the yeah. company and the, the individual. What, I, so in this, in this kind of, I mean, there's, I have my cultural perspectives of how people look at the, at work, at least in America. And I'm not sure if there's similarities with Canada, but there's like, in, from my perspective, there's a younger generation that constantly says, do what you want and do what you love. Um, and it seems like people that are in that, the, the 40s, 50s, probably your target demographic, they are prioritizing just kind of like a job being a means to an end. And so mm -hmm. I can imagine there's probably people that are listening to this on both sides of that spectrum that are saying, mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, maybe I'm graduating college and I'm still trying to figure out what I really want to do. Yes, I got a degree in business or yes, I got a degree in communication or yes, I got a degree in liberal arts or, you know, um, marketing <laughs> maybe. But like, mm -hmm. if that's the case, like they're still trying to figure out what that piece is and they think, okay, let me just get this entry level job at this company or this firm, usually people don't get that job. It's their dream job from the get. So they got mm -hmm. that entry level job and they figure out they, they, they first encounter things they don't like. Mm -hmm. They first encounter like things where it's like, I don't know my, my, like you said, Ikigai, like for, 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 I think I've heard of it as like your, was it zone of genius? Like your, your sphere of genius of like what yeah. gives you the most energy in collaboration yeah. with what you're best at. Um, so everybody yeah. has that, that, place of genius um for for that target person where it's like they're they do need to get a job and they need to start the right way what would you recommend for like from a framework of mental like what questions should you ask yourself to figure out is this the job that really fits what i want to do so here's my unpopular opinion here uh when someone says you should do what you love, for me, that's bullshit. When someone says, like someone from a, a, another generation that says, you should choose a, a career for the stability and the benefits, uh, the benefits for me, that's bullshit. Um, when you find the right job for you, it actually aligns with all of that. You can't just say, I'm gonna follow my passion and I'm gonna do what I'm passionate about if that does not align with the lifestyle that you want. For example, if I am passionate about, I don't know, um, something that I would have to do, let's say in Africa, uh, but I want a family, I want a stable uh, like life and like have my farm and my garden at home. Well, it's not gonna align. If your job is only available in Africa, 
as much as you can be passionate about that, it's not going to align with the lifestyle that you want. Yeah. And for those folks who are thinking of like, well, you should be choosing a career that aligns with benefits. Well, your career will be quite long and it's going to be boring. And you're, you'll be looking at your watch and you'll be uh, living for your weekend. That's not a way of living. So that's yeah. why the, the, the best tip that I can tell you is figuring out really, yes, what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? Are you good at that stuff? Does that align with the lifestyle that I want? And does the people need it? Can I make mm -hmm. a living out of it? Mm -hmm. So really, if yeah. we can make it as simple as possible, it's really making sure that whatever you pick align with those four factors. Now, for the young folks that are listening and are just trying to figure out their next step, um, having the clear, like clear uh, clarity when it comes to uh, your goal that's the most important part. And absolutely, you can figure it out along the way, but you can be put, like leaving a lot of money on the table. You could be mm -hmm. uh, leaving a lot of great opportunities on the table if it's unclear. The clearer you are as soon as possible, the, clear, the, the more effective you'll be uh, in your ma making decision process of choosing mm -hmm. the right opportunities. So hmm. if you know that you want to become, I don't know, a manager at a big corporation, um, picking a job in a startup might not be the best option. It would be better for you to pick an entry-level position where you're going to be able to just take the ladder and, and yep. get one step at a time. Yep. Um, now, if you want to innovate and do amazing stuff and create stuff, well, being in the corporate world where you're going to be perhaps stuck in a box in a way, a structured environment that does not live, uh, leave a lot of space for creativity, that might not be the right way to start. Yeah. So that's how the clearer it is for you at the beginning, the better your decision will be. Yeah, I love that. I, I think uh, I've heard one of my favorite quotes. I'm going to quote my own, my own father. Uh, he said, he told me one day, he said, the clearer your idea of success is, the sooner you will know if you're deviating from it. I love that. Yeah, I just think that's, that's super powerful. What, but there's an element, though, when you're younger, you don't know what you don't know. So, like, for example, I, I, I started my career, I, I, I dove straight into investment banking. I worked for four years in an investment bank. Uh, corporate side, you know, and it was like, it was the job that you wanted to have. It was, I worked on, on, the, on the loan side, moved over to the trading side. Like, that's where you wanted to be. That's what you wanted to have. I, for the first year, was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. This is exactly what I love. This is really fun. But partially because it's new. And partially because, like, anything for the first six months when you're learning it, it's exciting. Any change when you're tired of something or when you're wanting to start something, any change whatsoever, that first six months is just is, is super fun. Um, and then the rubber hits the road and you realize, oh, there's all these other elements that are not fun. And I mm -hmm. realized that I'm doing the same thing I was doing of like three months ago. And I'm doing the same thing that I was doing 12 months ago. And I'm looking around and I see, you know, like in my case, in the investment bank, I was like, I looked around, I was like, that person's been here for 40 years. And I think in that time, one person that was like a director level retired, had been working there for 30, 40 years. And three months later, most people couldn't remember his name. And so for me, I was like, that just sounds so abysmal that you would dedicate so much of your life to something that, that would have such a minimal impact. Um, 
so when you're in that place where you don't know what you don't know, mm. and there's an element where you just need to start and do something, what would you recommend for people that are like, you know what, Sylvia, I, I don't know what my goal is. I don't, mm. I, I know I need to do something. I need to try something. Mm -hmm. I know I'm good at these things, or at least I can do these things. I don't know what I love, but I know I can do. Like, what would you say to the person that just doesn't know what they don't know? Um, well, going actually back to your zone of genius, I, I think that human beings, we are quite exceptional. And even when we don't know something, we kind of know it. And I'll give you an example. When I was working for, for uh, the government, uh, the rentals job, uh, that I mentioned, I remember my father who had worked for the government his whole life was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I, I mean, I was the youngest in the province with that job. It was a very important, important position. And my boss was telling me, hey, I'm retiring in a couple of years. You're going to take my place. You're like really good at your job. And, and when she said that, I was, I remember, I, I can still get back to that moment. I was like, I don't want that. That's not exciting. Mm. Yeah. And when yeah. people would ask me, uh, what do you do for a living? I, I was so shy of saying what I was doing because it was not aligning with the person that I was. Yeah. Um, so that's absolutely true that you don't know what you don't know. But for me, if I could go back, taking that position was for me. I, I, I stole my, my, like there's two years of my, Yes, I gained like good experience, but was it helpful for me in the future? Not necessarily. So it's two years of uh, of being business or doing something where I could uh, increase uh, my my skill set for something that I was truly passionate about. Um, so going back to someone who just starts, if you could have the experience of just going for a day with someone that you know that already works in the field, you can already learn a lot about the job. Can yeah, I see myself good. in that work environment? Can I see myself doing those tasks? Uh, if you have the opportunity to sit in a meeting and see how does that feel or sounds, does that align with the person that I am? So in yeah. the process that I explained earlier, it's actually one of the last part that we do with our clients of just connecting them to someone who already does the job. Mm -hmm. And often it's either going to confirm or they're going to come back and be like, you know what? It's not what I thought. So mm -hmm. that's a good, good tip that the, uh, the folks can use and see, is it something that I truly want? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was transitioning, I went from that financial like investment banking role and then I went and I was like, you know what? I think I want to do something in it. I have friends mm -hmm. that do it. And my perspective at the time was less of what do I want in life? It was more like, what can I do that makes me the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time that gives me the most amount of flexibility? Because I didn't know anything else. I was just like, I just, I want flexibility. I would love to be able to work remotely at some point. And I would love to, uh, I want to just make as much money as, as I see other people making. So that's what I was like. If I'm going to transition and I'm going to move outside of investment banking, I'm going to do IT. So I met with, I think, 15 people in it. And I asked about my situation. I asked about what I was doing. I said, what barriers do you think I would, I would have to overcome? What, what uh, I would just call people. And most of them just said, Grant, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to, yeah. it's like, and especially if you like, if you want to be a developer, you don't have a degree, you're, you didn't go to school for it. It's just gonna be really tough for you to bootstrap this. There's things you can do. Uh, but, but to be honest, like a, a lot of it was like, you know, maybe just get a contract and see if you like it. So that's what I did. I got a contract, did testing. I uh, didn't love it, 
Um, and then I kept on thinking that there was another avenue in this. Maybe if I do project management, maybe if I do like, maybe if I work in this bridge, maybe if I work on these different types of projects and, uh, ultimately I had a similar thing that you had Sylvie where like I, I uh, communicated with one of my bosses and it was a one-on-one with her and I was asking her, I said, what do you want to do in the next 10, 15, 20 years? Because at this point I was, I had that entrepreneurial bug. I'd had my little side businesses, right? And I had enough, I'd done enough with them where I was like, yep, I really want to do that. Um, I don't want to be employed by somebody. So I asked her, I said, like, what do you want to do? And she's like, she was like, you know what? In 20 years, it'd be really great if I could have my boss's job. And as soon as she said that, I was like, whoa, I need to get out of here. <laughs> just because that, the thought of like giving my life just to get one or two levels up felt so uh, debilitating to what I really wanted to do. And that was just like super really, like, I don't know. That just is what pushed me over the edge. Um, What do you say to people on the other side of the spectrum that are probably in her shoes? They're in their 40s, um, relatively successful, um, have been doing something for a long time and are like, you know what? I could just keep coasting. Or they're like, you know what? I've... I'm really unsettled and it's not just the, the company I'm realizing it's the role. It's not just like, yeah. it's not just the fact that I'm working for this company. I just need to change cultures. I it's this function itself. I need to stop doing it. Mm. Uh, I would say to those people, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it like, I mean, most of my clients, it's the situation that they're in. And the great news is that when you, are at a level uh, of like a management position in something, you've gained really important skills, like a really good skill set that can be transferable to a lot of different positions. Um, so it's a matter of like really assessing what are the things that you have right now that you still like and what are the things that you're like, that, that does not resonate with you. Um, yeah. I like the fact that you mentioned you kind of separated the function with the 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 business or the the corporation or the working condition because that's the first thing that we're trying to assess is it are you perhaps in the right career but simply with the bad like a bad employer or mm. it's really the job the career that you're in that is not a right fit for you so yeah. that's really important to assess because sometimes it's actually a case where we we do have clients that at the end of the process, it's confirmed that they actually chose well, they're in the right field, but yeah. it's still not aligning for them. And uh, it's so sad to see, but here in New Brunswick, I had like maybe two years ago, so many nurses, so many nurses that were just questioning their path. And every time that I would look at my booking system and I would look at the profile and it was another nurse, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, they're all gonna leave the system, the, the health system, but. Uh, most of them, they were actually in the right position, like in the right career, but mm-hmm. the system was just not aligning with their values. And that's mm-hmm. that's something that if it does not align with your values, that's going to be a drainer and it can bring you to having depression, burnout, really important, serious mental health issues. So that you don't want to wait too long when it's your case. Um, but the, the good part for those nurses is that we were able to find other options for them. 
uh, either like connected to the health system but not directly working at the hospital or doing something completely different because they had uh, really a lot of transferable skills. So whatever you do, um, there's only one type of career that for me that was the biggest, it was a really a strong struggle was, um, I'm not sure I'm gonna say it right in English, a, a veterinarian, someone who yeah, like a yep. doctor, yep. Yep. <laughs> doctor for, for dogs and, uh, and yeah. cats. That was such like that. that <laughs> they were like, I, I don't like working with people. I want to work with animals. Is that what? So a lot of people. Yeah, and That's awesome. that that particular uh, client, she didn't want to work with animals anymore. Mm -hmm. So it, it was really niche and not a lot of transferable skills. But mm -hmm. in 13 years of experience, that's the only case that I had that it was really hard to find something else other than that. Whatever you're doing there's a lot at the end of the tunnel, even if you're 45, 50, or even 60. I love that. What, what do you think, uh, based on your assessment, is the most valuable skill to have? Or maybe just like one or two of the most valuable skills to have if you're looking to transition or just like if you're, if, like if you're in that place where you're definitely gonna change at least jobs, maybe you stay in the same, you stay in the same industry, you stay in the same role, you're like, if someone comes to you and they have these two skills, you're like, yep, it's going to be really mm -hmm. easy to find you something. Um, oh, that's a great question. I would say emotional intelligence, because mm -hmm. that's going to help you be able to really first read the room, uh, show some empathy, do some active listening, be open to learning from someone who has more uh, experience or knowledge than you. So definitely emotional intelligence. Uh, in intelligence and then I would say grit uh, something that I often see is people um, that are stuck in a career they want to transfer to something else and often like I said there is transferable skills but there's gonna be a learning curve and what you have to learn if it's like uh, just like a micro program online or reading books about whatever you want to do um, you have to do that on your own time. And I, I truly believe in work-life balance, but if you're not ready to put the work to gain the knowledge, it's not gonna yeah. work out for you. But as uh, we're in the same uh, group coaching and uh, Dan said yesterday that to le learn a new skills, it, it requires 20 hours of serious work um, and studying. And I actually believe in that. If you're ready to study something like a new skill set for uh, at least 20 hours, which is actually not that a lot, uh, you could gain uh, the skill set that you need to do uh, to be a good candidate for a new position. Hmm. So grit, emotional intelligence, that would be the two. What would you say about the idea of like confidence? Because I imagine that a lot of people that are coming to you, they say they, they either they might not feel confident in their skill set of what they're already capable of and what they've already accomplished. They, they're coming to you because they feel lost. They're coming to you because they feel like probably very demotivated in their current position. And so they're likely not being like, yes, I know of a ton of value and I'm just going to rip a bunch of these applications and do a bunch of these interviews and I feel very proud of myself and very confident in who I am in this transition. What would you say to those people that are like, nope, I, I, I don't feel very confident in my skill set because I don't know what's right for me because I don't know what my skill set is. Mm, 
have confidence. Maybe you don't have the confidence on uh, with your skill set, but have the confidence that you can learn quite quickly. That's mm. the the important part. And if uh, often when you're transitioning towards a, a new career, we often recommend the number one uh, job search strategy that we recommend is using what we call the secret job market. That's where you can find 80% of the available position. That's where the only way you can have access to those positions is through your network. Now, mm -hmm. when you're using your network or connecting with people through LinkedIn, for example, um, you become more than a piece of paper that highlights your skill set. You become a person. And if you're, you connect, uh, often I'm going to tell a client, so connect with someone who already does a, a, the job at a company that you're interested in, ask them for a 20 minute meeting and just show some interest with the projects that they, they're working on for their, uh, like their uh, career path, what they've done in the past, what are the challenges that they're encountering uh, in their position, just show some interest and at the end you can say, uh, you know what, everything that you just shared truly resonates with me. What tips would you have for me if I'd like to uh, join the, the workforce uh, with this company? And mm -hmm. often just because you showed interest in them, they might open a door for you. So having the confidence of connecting with others um, already uh, is going to help your reputation. And then you can show up. Uh, meet with the, the supervisor, the owner, whatever, and be like, you know what, this is new for me. However, mm -hmm. I've already done X and X. I took that course online for 10 hours. I learned this. I'm ready to put, uh, to be an asset for this company. I realize that there will be a learning curve. However, I'm really confident in my ability to, to learn quickly. So I'm not saying it. I'm confident in my abilities to do the job right away. Um, Put the yeah. ego aside, but show that you're capable of learning quite quickly and putting the effort towards what you want. They're going to applaud that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, so what do you think about the current state of application processes? Because uh, I think a lot of people complain that like, especially because uh, remote jobs are at like searches and applications are at an all time high. People are frustrated after COVID, going back to work, going back to the office. I was just talking to a developer the other day, and he was just saying that uh, he he's like, yeah, they moved us to four days a week in the office. I, I liked it when we had three, and I prefer it when we had less. And um, I, I, I've seen on the job boards, it's like you can have one role, and there's like 600 applications because people just kind of just just hit that application button. How does someone navigate that and stick out in that crowd? So like maybe they've identified, this is what I want to do. I like this role, I like this job, or this fits with what I with my skill set. They decide they don't want to do something entrepreneurial. Um, what what should they do to stick out? Uh, is it purely just reaching out to people within the company and finding specific roles, or is it like sending out that hundred applications? Like, do you prefer like send five applications and really go hard for the people there, or is it like? be content to send the 100 applications and, and just try to try to go for volume? Yeah, in this case, I, I would say that less is more. So there's two things here. You want to, as much as possible, uh, have an entryway on the side door of the company where mm -hmm. uh, you connect with people, as I mentioned earlier, through LinkedIn or try to uh, help you get known within the company. Yep. 
Um, and if you go through uh, the process, if there's 1,600 applicants, you're probably going to go through what we call an ATS system, where it's going to be a machine system uh, that will screen your, um, your resume. So you want to make sure that you use the right keywords. And even for your resume, less is more. It's not about explaining everything that you've done in your career, but more making sure that you're uh, putting the relevant information, the relevant skill set, the relevant experience uh, on your resume to make sure it's, it's merged or it connects to the job that you want. So uh, creating a resume that stands out for all the right reason and making sure that you tweak it every time, that's very, very important. So that's gonna require you a bit more time. Yeah. Uh, it's better to do that for the jobs that you want instead of applying to a 100 position. But more than that, as I said earlier, the secret job market, it's really a thing. It's the thing in the U.S. It's a thing in, in Canada. So being known, trying to connect with someone that already works there, that's a great way because they'll be able to say, hey, I met this guy. I had a conversation with him um, yeah. last week and he's applying to this position. I would seriously consider uh, that candidate. So again, you become more than a piece of paper and that's really I important. I love that, I love that. Okay, talk to people that maybe their zone of genius, their, uh, what'd you say, ikigai? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Okay, uh, f f that person really should just start their own thing. That's not for everybody. Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Having their own business isn't for everybody. But there's some people that have, you might be able to see like they're disgruntled and the consistent theme is that they, it's not necessarily the bad environment, it's not necessarily a bad job, it's not necessarily a bad role, it's just that they're passionate about something for themselves. What would you say to those people? So the thing is, when uh, you're trying to be connected to your ikigai, you could be wearing more than one hat. So let's say that you're doing a job uh, that you're good at and that aligns with the lifestyle that you, you have and you're a bit interested in, but something's missing. Um, and maybe it's not purposeful work uh, enough. Uh, you could have a side hustle or something else. You could be wearing another hat that could fill up those buckets. I'll give you an example of one of my colleague, Anik. So Anik, she uh, does contractual work uh, for us with Next Career. And so she's a career counselor, but she's also the co-owner of four different restaurants. She's also doing our social media and doing the social media for the four restaurants. So she's wearing multiple hats. Um, for her wearing only one, something would be missing. She needs that mm. diversity uh, in mm. what she does. Um, and she also like loves dancing. Um, uh, and she's part of a group that dances every week. These are things that she needs. Now, this is purposeful for her. This is aligned with her interests. But like dancing, she could not have, that does not align with the lifestyle that she wants. So she couldn't do it as like her uh, real profession, her real career. So again, having all of those multiple hats, it's the perfect fit for her. And if she can really handle her schedule and she's well planned, it's all gonna work out and it's gonna be perfect for her. So that's how sometimes you can see your career uh, with a different set of lens that if what you're doing is not exactly what you want, but it, it does like it feeds your family, you're having, a, you, you gain a really good salary, uh, maybe to fill out your bucket, you need something on the side. And that we see more and more often and that's okay. 
Um, a good example that I could give you, Grant, is often in, I, I compare like careers with relationships. Uh, when, and I know you've been married since you were 20, right? Yeah, something like that, yep. yep. That is amazing. Um, but yeah, when you're looking for the right partner, often, uh, actually in our 20s, we look for someone who's going to be everything for us. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's someone who's going to be a good cook, a good partner to like play sports with, to travel with, to go to concerts with. So we're looking for someone who fills all of our bucket. If you're lucky enough to, to have that, that's awesome. But that's not the case for everyone. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good fit for your partner. It just means that like for me, my partner, perfect fit for me. We travel together, uh, we can do sports together. But like this weekend, he's running a, a 65K Uh, doing trail running it's crazy i could i can't follow him on these yeah. adventures <laughs> so he has friends for that uh, i'm mm -hmm. going to paris in november because i wanted a workation um so i'll have a friend that will join me because she's she also owns a business so she's my go-to girl when i want to travel and work while i travel he can't do that for me because he's a doctor and it's just not working with his his schedule so that's how Um, sometimes to have like the right lifestyle, we'll have different partners, a love mm -hmm. partner, friends, people that we can go on adventures with. Same thing for our career. Sometimes we'll find something that like fills out some buckets, but then we need to wear another hat that yeah. will fill more. Love that. Love that. Okay. Um, let me, let me, I want to, I want to close with, with a question like this. Um, What would you recommend to someone that's listening to this and they say, okay, I think, I think that fits me. And maybe they've tried a few side hustles. They've tried a few things. They figure out that they really like one job. And, uh, and they're saying, okay, I, I want to make sure this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to make sure, like, they need help framing their lifestyle versus the, the role itself. Because maybe the role itself doesn't fit the lifestyle that they want but they love the role. So like, mm. for example, they desire to travel more, but they're, uh, they might be a doctor. And so they might be like, they're in the back of their mind, they're saying, okay, I, I want to do this, but uh, I would, in, in order to do the workcation, uh, I, I almost have to resort to like having that be at the end of my career um, mm. when I have more flexibility. Um, How does someone start asking themselves those questions? Let me, this is the, this is the question. <laughs> How does someone start asking themselves the lifestyle questions of what they want? Because usually you don't ask the, yourself those questions in your 20s. And sometimes mm -hmm. you don't even ask them in your 30s. Sometimes you look back and you have regrets or you realize that you spent a long time doing something you didn't love. So how do you start as soon as possible asking yourself the, what does balance mean to me? What does lifestyle mean to me? Uh, that's such an important question. And it really depends on, on the scenario or, or what is your career or whatever you're doing. But like a, a doctor is a great example where usually a doctor, you work in one hospital, you, uh, you, you are on call and you're doing your, your, your stuff, your work. Um, but you can ask first, like, what could I do differently? And like with that example, a doctor could, uh, instead of having a permanent position in one hospital, you can do what we call locom where uh, you just give your name, you're in a system, and then you can be called to work in, uh, I don't know, Wisconsin for a week, and then you get called in Washington to do another week. Um, so 
if you're looking to travel, then it's going to align with that lifestyle. Um, so it all depends if you're looking for stability or something that is more like adventurous. Um, so really, the first thing you want to write down is like, what are the working conditions that you currently have? Mm -hmm. Is it stable, like financial stability, stability with uh, where I work? Uh, and really do the pros and cons of the things that you like and the things that you don't like about your working condition. And what would, would you be doing differently? And now, like, we have the doors are open with the world uh, since the end of, well, are we still in a pandemic? Pandemic? I'm not sure. Who knows? Who but knows? now we can travel. So there's more yeah. uh, options. Look online and see there's so many blogs of people that are, uh, are sharing their stories of, of doing things differently. But yeah. it all needs to start with you doing the, the work, the internal work of asking yourself the question, what do I like about what I do and what would I do differently? And even if you don't already have the option, you'll be able to find it uh, online and see, is there any other ways that I can perform my work, use my skill set, but in a different setting? And mm. people can be surprised of the, the possibilities. Mm. I love that. Okay, thank you so much. That's super helpful. And I, I'm so glad, I'm hoping this was valuable to, to someone that's listening to this because uh, what... What Sylvie is continually saying with each, with each answer that, that she gives is that there's options. Um, and I think there's probably people that are listening to this that are working a corporate job that feel like there's not options. They feel like, or they feel like the, the jump between where they're at and where they want to be is super far. And what Sylvie's showing you is that there's, there's mental frameworks and there's, there's baby steps you can take along the way. Sometimes it means reading a book. Sometimes it means taking a course. Sometimes it means reaching out to someone that's in the field that you are interested in or works at the company that you are interested in. Um, those types of conversations can happen before you do something drastic, before you do something big, but all of it's about the discovery of how do I figure out where I want to be? And I guarantee you, if you need help, I know Sylvie's a little bit too busy because she's got too many clients. We were just talking earlier about how, how she's, she's been so referral-based and so many people want to work with her that she almost has like a waiting list of people to work with. But I would say please join that waiting list if you're in that position and you're saying, like, I, I really want to help. And Sylvie, tell, well, tell, tell them about what you're doing in the next couple months uh, that, that can make this process easier for them. Yeah, here's a scoop, guys. I'll be starting a group, uh, a group, it's going to be like group cure counseling. Uh, it's going to be the first time. But um, if you're interested, I, I believe that because right now uh, I'm about to not take uh, more clients as we speak. Uh, but wait, 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 Sylvie, you're saying you're saying that I might have access to you and a group of other people that also need help with this. Are you telling exactly. me that? That's where I'm going with that. So it's going to awesome. be a group of people who are actually going through the same thing in different field of expertise will be uh, able to share. It's gonna be a 12 week uh, program where we all go through, first of all, figuring out, like having that clarity, what questions can I ask myself? What do I need to do to know what the ultimate goal is? And then we're gonna talk about like how to create that resume that That's stands cool. out, how to like use LinkedIn, uh, how to prepare for an interview. So all of that stuff that is so important that if yeah. you're not prepared, uh, you could lose an opportunity. So starting in January. So if you're interested, uh, awesome. go on our website. It's called the, it's www.nxcareer.com. 
and send me a message uh, and uh, I will gladly uh, send you more info on the program. That's awesome. That's super great. Yeah, I th- and I think the other cool part about that is if you're in a community, maybe there's someone there that is doing the thing that you want to do and maybe you can ask them about it and maybe you can ask them about the pain points and maybe those pain points are like, oh, actually, that still sounds pretty great and you get instant access to the people that are probably doing the things you want to do. So I, I love that and I love the community mindset because what you're doing is you're bridging the gap between where people are at and what they want to do, which is what I want to do as well. So, um, Sylvia, I just really appreciate you. Thank you for spending time and I, I hope that this conversation gives a lot of hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for people that are in that transitionary process and really want to know about what to do next. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next week.